Welcome back to Newsline Thursday. This is the Stuttering Sports Podcast, and I'm your host, Spencer. And today is a cool episode. I'm switching it up. I'm doing stuff different. In today's Newsline Thursday, I will be talking about NBA headlines as well. I've been wanting to talk about the NBA for a while on this thing. I do really love basketball. And um, I wanted to wait till the new season was starting. And we're getting opening day schedules. We're getting Christmas schedules. They tested league-wide plus plus a big trade went down last night so i think this is the perfect time to jump head first into the nba season and start adding like nba headlines to uh the headline monday to news on thursday then having just nba specific uh uh you know topics so yes and also in today's episode i will be doing my power rankings because um i wanted to wait till the steelers ravens game for obvious reasons and uh yeah so this is gonna be a long show So I hope, yeah, let's just get right into it, I guess. First thing that's on my list is the Steelers versus Ravens recap. Boy, was that ugly. That was a disgustingly bad football game to watch for everybody. Like, that was just bad for America. The Pittsburgh Steelers advanced to 11-0, beating the Ravens 19-14. And this game was a lot closer than everyone expected. I remember during Headline Monday, I predicted that Pittsburgh would wipe the floor with them, and I was wrong because I thought Pittsburgh's offense would be able to produce more, but with constant drop balls and just horrible red zone offense, that was evidently not the case. The Ravens on offense was as bad as we expected it to to be. They're a muffed punt and a missed tackle from, from, from being shut out this game. So, yeah, it's not like RG3 and Trace McSorley were really just really just piecing up this, this Pittsburgh's defense because I think the Steelers' defense came to play. They played really, really well. And speaking of the Steelers' defense, another torn ACL, or at least, or at least Bud Dupree is expected to have a torn torn ACL and he was having a fantastic season I really hope Pittsburgh gives him the extension that he deserves he was playing fantastic but that but that but that was really bad news coming from that game but Pittsburgh's defense overall came to play forcing two turnovers within the first five to ten minutes and you know that that may have been it but they also got three sacks that game and then I think you can tell besides that one Ravens drive to end the half that they simply were not scoring on Pittsburgh. It simply would not happen. So when Pittsburgh's defense came to play, it was just the offense. The Steelers offense, horrendous. That was fucking bad. Big Ben went 36 for 51, 266 yards, one TD, and one interception. I plus the one interception too, I thought that was just stupid. I thought it was a stupid idea to go for fourth and one there, but I digress because when, what? Actually, no, I'm not. When you, when you're playing Baltimore, you should take your points when you get them, and they had a chip shot field goal, and they went for fourth for, for you know, damn near no reason. So yeah, Pittsburgh, that was that 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 was bad. Deontay Johnson and Eric Ebron were dropping balls. Chase. Chase Chase Claypool almost had a fumble. Juju had a pretty good game, actually. I don't recall him dropping anything. But um, this this but this Pittsburgh offense played that was embarrassing. 
that that was very very bad pittsburgh's defense showed up to play but it's also not like we were playing a bad ravens defense because because the ravens defense was mostly intact it 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 really was and pittsburgh was playing a fantastic secondary so so i did not expect pittsburgh to go out and drop 30 to 40 points but 19 went when you had the opportunity to score points that 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 was definitely the embarrassing part when you had the opportunities to score but you just could not convert for for whatever reason uh, I will say though, when Benny Snell threw Marcus Peters to the ground, that gave me a jolt of happiness. That was incredible. And also when uh, Juju stiff-armed, I don't know who it was, but just stiff-armed him for like 10 yards. That was very, very cool. But yeah, like what this game showed me was that Pittsburgh's offense, that was ugly. And that's hopefully the ugliest we will see Pittsburgh. Because against the Cowboys, it was definitely an ugly, sloppy game. But it wasn't this ugly. It was not that bad. I I can assure it was not this bad. Like Pittsburgh's offense during the Cowboys game was was not pretty that first half, but it wasn't complete and utter garbage. Our offense against Baltimore was complete and utter garbage. But you know, but you know, they're also playing the Ravens' very good defense. So that simply is what that is. What this means for Baltimore is that their defense still exists. They still have a great defense. No one questioned their defense. <laughs> For the first three quarters against the Titans, they were playing incredible. They played the Colts really hard and held them to 10 points. And the Patriots, well, the Patriots just did what the Patriots did. But what that show is that the Ravens still have a great defense. But now they sit at 6-5 and five on the outside looking in at the playoffs. And that and that begs the question: Will they make it? Well, well, let's look at the schedule. They play the Cowboys, the Browns, the Jaguars, the Giants, and the Bengals. Four or five of those should be easy wins. And when they played the Browns week one, they won thirty-eight to six. I don't think they'll do that again because the Browns have really become a team in these last ten weeks. But. Yeah, the Ravens should make the playoffs. They they should definitely win four of those last five games. Then that also begs the question, well, will the Pittsburgh Steelers go undefeated? Because they're one of 13 teams in NFL history to be 11-0. Let's look at their schedule. Washington, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Colts, and the Browns. Four of five of those are very losable games. Washington coming off of a short week while Washington has had a week a a week and a half to prepare while Washington has a great defense that can force turnovers that can be a loss I would not be surprised to see Pittsburgh lose that game then you have the Bills on primetime very very even matchup Cincinnati that, that should be a win the Colts have a great defense, and you know if they can force a few turnovers, and if the offense is clicking that day, could be a loss. The Browns, well, you know Pittsburgh waxed the floor against the Browns last time, but on the other hand, you know the Browns have come together as a team. So, do I think Pittsburgh will go undefeated? No, I think they'll lose like two of those games, but you know Baltimore should definitely creep into the playoffs. Moving on to to some NBA news. The Houston Rockets and Washington Wizards came to a deal last night for Russell Westbrook 
for John Wall in a 2023 lottery protected first round pick. I don't like this deal for Houston. I don't like this deal. I Houston is very clearly looking to just change the culture. They fired Dan Tony. They got rid of Maury. They they got rid of Westbrook, and they're just holding on for dear life with James Harden. They are not expected to. They are not expected to trade James Harden, by the way, which which no. But you know, I could see them being very hesitant to do so because it's James Harden. But clearly their Westbrook and Harden experiment did not really work. They got bounced in the second round and, you know, the chemistry was not there. So Russell Westbrook goes to the Wizards and I think this is a fantastic deal for the Wizards. I'm not a big Russell Westbrook fan. But, but, but you at least need your point guard to play games. You at least need him on the court. And Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, I'm excited to watch that happen. They have Davis Bertans, who has really good shooting. Rui Hajimura, who I honestly don't know much about, to be honest. I know he's very, very young. And they also have Thomas Bryant, who I think is a pretty good young center. That can, that can be their five for the next few years. So the Westbrook for Wall swap, the Rockets, I mean, I'm look, I'm sure the Rockets got the best that they could because, because John Wall in his last season he played, he averaged 21 points per game. He, he averaged 21 shooting the, shooting 44% and he also averaged nine assists. So, you know, we all know John Wall is not a bum. He is actually a very good player and what they do with Harden's going to be very interesting because if they want to just completely overhaul the team like I think they eventually will end up doing, the package for Harden will be very interesting in in tandem with John Wall because they already have a hole at small forward. They will have a hole at shooting guard because you're getting rid of James Harden, one of the best players in the league, whether you like him or not. I think this is very interesting for the Rockets because they signed Christian Wood, fantastic signing. They signed Boogie Cousins. That's a low risk, high, very high upside deal. So if they can get a good package for Harden, just assuming that Harden wants out like a month into the season, like absolutely I'm not playing. This team can go win now and make a and potentially make the playoffs. The West is completely stacked. Like you could say that same thing with 13 teams in the western conference but 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 they could potentially do so with you know john wall karis lavert i still don't know their wing chris chris christian wood and boogie cousins they could they if 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 they could get a good package from the nets which i think they could because the nets are willing to go all in that sounds very interesting and very intriguing now that they have John Wall on the roster. But um I guess I guess I like this deal for the Rockets cuz they're overhauling. Obviously Russell Westbrook did not want to be there. And you got the first round pick, but just if John Wall can stay on the court, I won't dislike this deal, but if he continues to be injury prone, then yeah, this is one of the biggest Ls I've ever seen. And I like it for the Wizards because you're throwing in Russell Westbrook. 
to a team that's still you know kind of rebuilding but this is a great way to 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 make a playoff push in a very top heavy eastern conference so yeah i think i ultimately think that the wizards won this trade right now but later on to see what the rockets do with harden because if they can keep harden this can potentially be 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 a win for the rockets but if they eventually move on from harden and make a trade well it depends what the package is because Christian Wood, Boogie Cousins, John Wall, that's not a bad big three. Then if they can get a good package for uh for a for what's his name? James <laughs> excuse me, Jam- James Harden, well, pretty good. That can be a win-win trade. So I like this deal for both teams. Moving on to some Lakers news. Anthony Davis and LeBron both re-signed to the Lakers just a month or two after winning the championship. Anthony Davis re-signed this morning to a five-year, $190 million contract. No one expected him to leave. This comes to no surprise. And LeBron re-signed for two years, $85 million, set to be an unrestricted free agent in 2023 when it is expected that Bronny James will join the NBA. Do I do I think LeBron will team up with Bronny? Most likely not. I think, I think that LeBron will give it two years, then call it quits but 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 very very interesting idea and anthony davis that's an all-time lakers player right there that's an all-time when you talk about the lakers all-time starting five give it 10 years you you might have anthony davis at the four so boom the team the the lakers team obviously got better throwing in wesley matthews montrez harold dennis schroeder and marcus Gasol to to the lineup a lot more spacing a lot more scoring that's what we'd like to see and uh yeah obviously a huge win for the lakers and a huge win for the players and a huge win for rich paul being the best agent in the league moving on i'm gonna get to the power rankings now if that is what you're here for let's get right into it number 32 i have the new york jets we all expected it Number 31, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's face it, we all expected it. Number 30, I have the Cincinnati Bengals. (laughs) Let's face it, we all know that this was coming. I mean, excuse me, we all knew that this was coming. At number 29, we have the Lions. You got shit on at Thanksgiving. Then now you have an interim head coach. This is a team that's obviously going through a rebuilding phase. You deserve to be here. Number 28, the Dallas Cowboys, after a glimmer of hope versus Minnesota, they got absolutely killed by a by a by a very well-coached Washington team. Just if that Washington team can get an offense this this offseason, that would be huge. Number 27, we have the Philadelphia Eagles. They honestly played it very close against the Seahawks, but I think that's just how Seattle plays. They tend to keep games close. But, well, Philly, they have major problems that they need to address. And, you know, I don't, they're, they, they have suffered such a rough schedule ahead of them. They're simply not winning that division. Number 26, the Denver Broncos. I, (laughs) I do feel bad for them. We, we actually will talk about the Broncos more later in this show because Roger Goodell was kind of a dick on national television last night, but the Broncos will get to them later. Number 25, I have the Los Angeles Chargers. And Coach Anthony Lynn basically said that, hey, guys, you're not making the playoffs. That gives me no hope for this team. Like, obviously, you know, he wasn't wrong, which, no, you didn't have to be a dick about it. 
at, at, at number 24, I have the Washington football team. Great defense, mediocre offense. And it turns out it's working these past few games, so hopefully they keep it up because I like this Washington team. 23, New York Giants. Daniel Jones looking to push the team to the playoffs. I hope he's okay. Wait, how is his, how, how is his injury looking? Didn't he sustain an injury? Didn't that happen? But yeah, no, Daniel Jones definitely has a turnover problem. The New York Post reports that Daniel Jones works on works on works on his injured hamstring with game status in doubt. Yes, you know, you can tell I'm very prepared. But you know, hopefully he plays because I think this Giants team has the best chance to make the playoffs from from the NFC East. At 22, I have the Atlanta Falcons. They absolutely murdered the Las Vegas Raiders for everyone to see. It won't happen again, but the Falcons, they definitely deserve to jump up some spots. At number 21, I have the Houston Texans. Deshaun Watson is very, very secretly and quietly, unless you have him on your fantasy team, having this incredible season since Bill O'Brien got fired. Won't you look at that? It's <laughs> now, oh my gosh, think about it. Imagine if he had a top three wide receiver, potentially top one, depending on how you look at it. I mean, God, if if this Texans team had DeAndre Hopkins, oh, I mean, damn, dude, just only if. At number 20, I have the San Francisco 49ers being so injury riddled, they still go out and beat the Rams. This is a very well-coached team that I want to talk more about probably later, probably tomorrow or Monday. Moving on to 19, I have the Chicago Bears. They, uh, they, they should honestly be lower on this list. They fucking suck. They're, they are just bad. They are bad. But, but the fact that they beat a lot of teams early this season just keeps them treading at 19, 18, 20. But, 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 I will say we will talk about the Bears later. At number 18, I have the Carolina Panthers. Matt Rule is doing a very good job. They they just need more talent across the board. At number 17, I have the New England Patriots. This is a hot and cold team, but when they are hot, they can literally beat or compete with anyone. At number 16, I have the Minnesota Vikings. They got a win against the Panthers last week. That was a very, that was honestly a great fourth quarter. That that was a nail biter. And I think they're the definition of average in this league. At number 15, I have the Las Vegas Raiders. You can't lose by 37 points against any team and expect anything good to come from it. They could hit the panic button, and this season could go downhill very quickly. Do I think it will? No, because I like John Gruden. But I'm saying it could potentially happen. And especially when you lose by 37 to the Falcons defense. That's just something. That, that's, that's, that's embarrassing. At number 14, I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady cannot throw the ball past 20 yards. And Bruce Arians as much as I like him, airs out all of his dirty laundry on national television for the entire country to see. It's not looking pretty. They cannot be another elite team. Actually, why did I, oh, why did I say another? The Buccaneers are not elite. 
At number 13, I have the Baltimore Ravens. We saw against the Steelers that their defense is still alive and well. It's just their offense. Obviously, like you can't knock their offense against Pittsburgh there. They had RG3 and Trace McSorley in. Like you can't knock it. But 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 I will say they do have a fantastic rushing scheme and John Harbaugh. You know, when Pittsburgh and Baltimore plays, it will always be a close game. And a lot of people, including myself, looked looked over that heading into this week. At number 12, I have the Arizona Cardinals. They lost to the Patriots. I thought they'd be able to pull it out. And it's not like they played a bad game on defense. It's just Kyler Murray and the offense did not did not get the job done. Simple as that. Number 11, I have the Miami Dolphins. I love, love, love their defense. Tua is looking like he may play this week. He is still questionable. I really hope he does because I want to see more Tua. This team is at full strength and they look most, I want to say, hmm, how am I trying to word this? (laughs) I think they'll look best with Tua in because I think you have to develop this guy and the people want to see more of Tua. At number 10, I have the Cleveland Browns. They they sit at 8-3. They are not winning games in a pretty fashion. But 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 when you're 8-3, you deserve respect. And the Browns cracked the top 10 for maybe the first time this season. I don't know. But the Browns, they're playing very good football. They have a fantastic rushing game. And if Baker has a day, then that team is very, very hard to stop. At number 9, I have the Buffalo Bills bills josh allen and crew have a fantastic offense but the defense could use work and um i don't think their offense is good enough at times to really get it done well okay let me revert that Uh, against a great defense they not be they may not be able to get it done at number eight i have the indianapolis colts they have a fantastic defense but sometimes their offense cannot get it done and, you know, we saw against the Ravens, they they lost by 14, and it seemed as if they got dominated because their offense did not show up. Then against the Packers, second half, their offense showed up, and they, and they won the game, capping off a 14-point comeback. And then we see against the Titans, well, you know, their defense didn't show up. I don't think that'll happen again, but the Colts, you know, they've showed some inconsistencies that I'm personally not a fan of. At number seven, I have the Los Angeles Rams. Right, right when I got big on this team, they proceeded to lose to the 49ers. So the Rams sit at number seven, not not because I dislike them. I only dropped them three spots because I know their defense will remain very, very good. It's just their offense that remains very, very weird. Number six, Tennessee Titans sit there. They're on a roll now. I think it's hard to stop them, and I'm excited to watch this team play more because they look very, very good at the perfect time. Number five, Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson is playing more efficient, but, 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 that is not even the story. Their pass rush, Carlos Dunlap and Jamal Adams have been elite these past few games. Their pass rush has been playing very, very good, and and I'm liking what I'm seeing from their defense and I hope they can keep it up because I like the Seattle team big time moving on to number four we got the Green Bay Packers putting up 41 points against a Bears defense is not easy especially this Bears defense their offense 
of course you have Aaron Rodgers you are going to be very good it's just the rush defense that I'm ultimately concerned about but you know I'm not too concerned because they sit at number four at number three I have the New Orleans Saints sitting here I don't count that last week they played Kendall Hinton but um you know overall this team is looking very 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 good as their offense even with Taysom Hill is putting up a bunch of points with a very very limited passing game this Saints team I'm I'm really liking what I'm saying at number two for the first time in a very long time the Pittsburgh Steelers sit at number two I get they are 11 and 0 I still really really like this team I still believe that this is the best defense in the NFL it's just offensively I'm gonna need to see a good performance against a, a great performance against Washington's defense to put this team back up because offensively that was bad and everyone knows it even Mike Tomlin knew it in the post game interview everyone knows the offense did not live up to standards of course and it was just a sloppy game and um the number one team does not have sloppy games number one can't Kansas City Chiefs they're the they're not sloppy at all they're fantastic they have Patrick Mahomes fucking incredible team and I think they have the best chance to win the Super Bowl I think they do Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid for the first maybe second time this season sit at number one in the nfl power rankings all right that was that let's get into some clippers talk there was an article that was posted by the athletic by Jovan buha i hope i'm not mispronouncing that name discussing the clippers issues and why they were ultimately a second round bounce blowing a 3-1 lead to the denver nuggets and a lot of it was talking about Kawhi and the superstar treatment that Kawhi Leonard got. And me personally, I'm not someone that dislikes Kawhi. I quite frankly really like Kawhi. I don't see how you couldn't. But um, they were talking about how Kawhi and Paul George simply had too much power one season after they took a KD, Steph, Clay, Draymond team and they may have been the first seed they may have been the second seed as well two six games and showed a lot of heart during those then in the offseason you 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 get these two superstars and they seemingly mess up the chemistry that was something that obviously did not sit well with the players at all because well a team source told 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 buha quote i thought from the beginning we're doomed Kawhi gets too much special treatment. Something I saw within the article was that Kawhi and Paul George both had their own security teams. And that's like, all right, I don't mind that. You know, they're superstars. You know, I don't, I'm not going to like be like, oh, whoa, they get their own security. I'm like, all right, that's okay. But something was very alarming to me was that Kawhi had power over the team's schedule. Like some a report said that some players believe that Kawhi simply would just cancel some practices. And because, because I assumed he he just didn't want to go. But on the other hand, I don't really fucking know. Um, 
And that is very concerning that a player has power over the team's schedule. That is that is horrendous. That is something that you should never do ever, ever, ever. Never. Fucking never. So hopefully the Clippers, with the additions of Nick Batum, who else did they add to the roster? Why am I suddenly forgetting? Serge Ibaka, that's who it was. Serge Ibaka, Luke Kennard, and Nick Batum. Hopefully they will improve the team's culture this season because, well, I like this Clippers team. I loved the Clippers team. Um, the year before, they had Kawhi and Paul George. Oh, you know, when I previously mentioned when they took the Warriors to six. That was awesome to watch because they played their hard outs and Kawhi and Paul George as fantastic as they are, except for Paul George during the bubble. Obviously, he'll be all right. That That is just a meme, but um, as fantastic as they are, you can't be giving them that much special treatment. That does concern me. And I hope that Tyron Lue can, you know, shift that culture. I would love to see it because this Clippers team did not live up to expectations one bit. And we deserve a Clippers-Lakers Conference Finals. Speaking of a Lakers-Clippers matchup, let's get into the NBA opening day and Christmas schedule because I am loving what I'm seeing on opening day. We will have the Warriors versus the Nets, Steph versus KD rematch, Steph versus Kyrie rematch. There have been some great matchups there, as we all know. And Steph versus KD, KD's first game back in a year and a half, I want to say. A last one was the torn Achilles game versus the Raptors, where fuck the Raptors fans for cheering for that. That was a that was fucking embarrassing. But this game, a new look Warriors roster with Steph. Coming back, James Wiseman in, Wiggins, Kelly Oubre, and Draymond, all of them against a Nets team with KD and Kyrie and Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Jarrett Allen, which could which could potentially be adding a James Harden. I don't think they will, but I'm very, very excited for this matchup. Then later that night, you will have the Lakers versus the Clippers. We all thought it would happen last year. I hope it happens this year. I want to see an LA Conference Finals. We we got robbed of it last year, and I want to see it this year. The Clippers have gotten the best of the Lakers multiple times since the AD trade, since the Kawhi and Paul George sign and trades. So hopefully we get a two fantastic games because that's exactly what I think will happen. Then moving on to the Christmas Day schedule. Oh yeah, plus I will mention that these are tentatively... I did not say that word right, but you get what I'm trying to say. These are tentatively scheduled. I really don't know how to pronounce that fucking word. But, um, so yeah, like obviously COVID issues. We will get into COVID later, which, you know, they can postpone these games. I don't think they will because it's too early on. But these Christmas Day schedules look very, very good. At 12 o'clock, we have the Pelicans versus the Heat. I want to see Zion. Call me basic. I don't care. This dude averaged like 22, 23 per game in his rookie season, and he looked like a physical beast. I don't know what he shot. I wish I had his actual stats in front of me, but he shot an insane percentage. I want to see him play. 
And this Heat team just came off an incredible Eastern Conference run. And we have no reason to believe that it won't happen again with Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero being young and continuing to evolve their games. That's the same with Bam Adebayo. How did I forget him? I'm very excited to watch that game. At 2.30, Warriors versus the Bucks. Steph Curry, Giannis Antetokounmpo, fantastic matchup. The Bucks bring in Drew Holiday, and obviously, I already previously mentioned all the Warriors additions. It really sucks that Clay is out this year. Clay is one of the most likable guys in the league. I really wish he was in. But the game after that, I believe maybe 6 o'clock? Like, no, no, no. It's, It'll be like 5 o'clock, yeah, yeah, like 5-ish, will be the Nets versus the Celtics, a potential Eastern Conference Finals matchup. Would I have rathered have seen Nets versus Lakers? Yes, but I don't blame them for doing this because I think they're setting up, hey, what if this is the Eastern Conference Finals? And then the 8-30 matchup, Lakers-Mavericks, hey, what if this is the Western Conference Finals? Because ev- be- because everyone loves Luka. Luka is worldwide incredible. He's one of the best players in the NBA. I personally, he may be my favorite player, to be honest. I'm a big, big Luka fan. And the Lakers obviously re-signing Braun and AD, the retool. I'm excited to see how those players all mesh together. Nets Celtics, though, I'll go back to that because I kind of I kind of just skipped over them a, a little bit there. Um well, the Celtics without Gordon Hayward will give Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and a a bigger role. And, you know, obviously they still have Kemba there, so they will be a fantastic team. And the Nets, as previously mentioned, will see Katie more... How am I going to say this? I don't want to say comfortable because he's Kevin Durant. Like, obviously he'll be comfortable. But, you know, a, f- but, you know, a few games in, so he'll kind of be back into the gist of things if you get what i'm trying to say there so i'm very excited for that then the 10 30 matchup the the game i'm actually most excited for is the clippers versus the nuggets the nuggets came back on the 3-1 lead and won jamal murray potential mvp candidate this season it could happen i don't think it will but I think this game will be a fantastic indication of where his season is going because his because his bubble run cannot be understated at all. And the reason these games are tentatively scheduled because the NBA had an 8.8% positive COVID-19 test race. But, you know, I think everyone should be good for opening week. I, I would assume the players are going into like the quarantine, like definitely not bubble but just some sort of quarantine like team hotel system now i'd hope so but i think everything should be good for opening week like the first two weeks the same way the nfl was past that though i don't know i don't know how the nba is going to handle this with all of the games they have scheduled it's going to be a spectacle to see i'm very excited to see how they handle it because i think adam silver is a phenomenal commissioner so very excited for all for for quite literally all of those games very very excited now what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna talk about my 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 personal gripes with the college football playoff system and then i'm gonna talk about mitchell trubisky then we'll get the hell out of here actually i'll also talk about roger goodell's kind of stupid message he sent out so yeah those those three then i'll get the hell out of here first up college football playoff issues i'm not liking it I'm not liking what I'm seeing this season. I get it would be very hard to have a season this year. 
But having a college football playoffs this season, a four-team college football playoffs this season, seems stupid to me. If there were any season to experiment with an expanded playoffs, this is the year. And and I would like to preface this with, I have not been an, oh my gosh, it should be an 18 playoffs guy for like the past four years like some people have been. I'm very new to this because I always really liked the 14 playoffs. I liked the exclusivity of it. I liked how there were tough decisions to be made. I loved that. I was a big fan of that. But it finally got through my thick skull that, wow, these games are still blowouts. Fuck. It's still top-heavy with four teams? What the fuck? What the- <laughs> so, I really think they should expand the playoffs this season because some teams have not been given a fair chance. Teams such as Ohio State can be screwed from the playoffs th- this season. And teams like Cincinnati and BYU, I think they should have a shot especially this year please expand the playoffs or go back to the bowl system this 14 playoff experiment i held it in high regard for multiple years i'm sad to say that i did because even with the 14 14 playoff it is top heavy there are so many blowouts like i like like there are so many blowouts in a four team system Do you want to know why? Because it's either Clemson or the SEC. That is college football. And it's really only two teams from the SEC. What the fuck am I talking about? Bama and Georgia. And it it was only Georgia for like one season. So it's still incredibly top heavy in a four team playoff. So, 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 and so then an eight team playoff would give more teams the opportunity to, to, you know, beat these two two just goliath these two giants i'd love to see love 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 an expanded playoffs or just simply go back to the bowl system because because when you talk about like every playoffs there's always the consensus number one then there's and there's almost always the consensus number two like even going into the whole playoff show we know who the top two will be and guess what? Those are those are most of the time the fucking championship. So you might as well just go back to the bowl system so we can save the embarrassment of Notre Dame for a back-to-back season or Oklahoma for like every fucking season. So just it's I don't like the four-team playoff. I don't want bits. That like that was a bit of a rant there, but that's my personal opinion on it. Please expand the playoffs or simply go back to the bowl system. I get that they're not going to go back to the bowl system because I'm sure the ratings for these college for these college football reveal shows are really good because they drag them out like like all hell and I hate them. But it's just this currently does not work, at least for me. And I feel as if a lot of other people feel this. If not, then well, consider me stupid. But yeah, moving on. Mitchell Trubisky will start again for the Chicago Bears. The Bears currently sitting at 5-6 are on a five-game losing streak, and Mitchell will start this Sunday against the Detroit Lions, who do not have a good pass defense. Versus the Packers, Mitchell went 26 for 46, 242 yards, three touchdowns, and two 
and two interceptions. He did not play well. It was really their rushing game with David Montgomery putting up 9.4 yards per carry. That was working, but they were put in a position where they had to throw the ball because, well, they were down by so many fucking points. Mitchell, Mitchell starting again. I mean, the Bears are in a lose-lose spot. They're, they're, their schedule to end out the year is the Lions, Texans, Vikings, Jaguars, Packers. They're honestly playing four teams that aren't good, and then they're playing the Packers. With the exception of the Vikings, they're all right. But, yeah, you know, the, like they have some winnable games here, but the Bears... I, I think it's a slippery slope from here. I think Matt Nagy should be out. I talked about that on Monday if you did not listen to that podcast. And uh, yeah, I think the Bears are in a lose-lose situation. Mitchell will be gone next season and hopefully they'll have a new quarterback in. Moving on to the final subject, then we'll get the hell up out of here. Um, Roger Goodell issued a statement before the Thursday night football game and I understood what he was saying. And basically, I'm going to paraphrase here what he said, was that the difference between the Broncos situation and this Ravens situation that that led to almost an entire week of postponements compared to the Broncos, the league just saying, ah, fuck you, throw out the wide receiver. The difference was that the Ravens situation was widespread across the team or they did not know if it was widespread across the team when they initially postponed it come come compared to the Broncos where apparently they knew it was only a quarterback situation. And do you know what my response to that is fair enough. That is fair to me. That that is fair. But but what I will say is that I don't think the league should just be okay with fucking over teams like that. I don't think the league should be okay when you can literally just postpone it a day. Like we saw on Tuesday. Wait, no. That day was it. It was Monday. Yes, Monday. They postponed the Steelers Ravens game from from Tuesday to Wednesday. So clearly, they have no issue the day before a game just postponing it to to, to um to um the day after. So you're telling me you couldn't have postponed it to Monday at 5 and just waited for the test results to come back? Like, it's like, listen, I hate that. I, 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 I get it's fair. I get it. But it does not sit well with me when... It, it, it just does not sit well with me that the league's just like, well, you know, fuck. Yeah, no, just fuck you. Throwing Kendall Henson. That just does not sit well with me. Like, I get that it's regardless of position group. All right, I have no issue with that. But I think the league should try to be as fair as possible, and I don't think that's what's happening here. That's going to do it for me today. If you enjoyed this, share it with your friends. If not, share it with your friends. This was definitely a new format. I'm experimenting with something new. I'm trying to make these longer, if if you could not pre- previously tell. I'm trying to make these longer. I'm trying to throw in more more sports to this. And I want to expand this. I want to do more with this. So, yeah. I might I might do daily shows. That might be a thing. We'll see. We'll see how tomorrow comes. I'm not going to promise anything, but you know, if there's something out by tomorrow at like by 3, then yeah. There 
there may be something out by then. So I hope you guys enjoy that. I hope you guys get into the daily shows. Trying to do more with this as I previously just, as I literally just fucking said. But you know, if you enjoyed this, share it with your friends. If not, share it with your friends. Follow me on Twitter at Stuttering Prods. That's Stuttering P R O D S. And Instagram at That Guy Who Talks About the Sports. Hope you enjoyed and have a fantastic day.